Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Romans, the book of Romans, and we're going to be going through and we're going to be looking at the effects of justification upon the new believer. Things that you and I can expect to be in us and to abound. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the word of God. Father, we bless you. We thank you today for your word. Father God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, make the word of God come alive and come real in us. And Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus name. Now, if we're truly born again and we have become part of the kingdom of God and we're saved, we're thoroughly saved. Well, what happens next? We, we do understand that being saved is the threshold of our new life in Christ, but that's not all of our new life in Christ, that there is many, many things that the Holy Spirit wants to do and plans to do in our life. We are commissioned by the Word of God to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do we do that? Well, we've got to have the help of the Holy Spirit uh, revealing to us the Word of God, and we've got to develop uh, spiritual things that, uh, that will help enhance uh, the life of Christ on the inside of them. Pr primarily, we're talking about prayer. But now let's look at some effects of justification upon the believer. Now, we've, we've just gotten born again. Now, what happens next? All right, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 says this. Therefore, being justified by faith, that's the first condition. We have peace with God. That's the second condition. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. That's the third condition. By faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That's the fourth condition by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet peradventure for a good man. Some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. That's the fifth condition through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. That's the sixth condition. By the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God. That's the seventh condition through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. That's the eighth condition. Praise God. So justification now is the first condition. It's the first condition of the new heart. And the word justification comes comes from the Greek word dikayao, and it's an it's a it's a verb. And uh, it means to render or to show, to regard one as just or innocent or to declare or pronounce a person to be just and righteous before God. Hallelujah. And now all these other conditions that we read about, 
They are a result of the first condition, being justified by faith. For instance, we have peace. It's the Greek word irene, and it means we are in harmony now with God. We have access. That's the Greek word pros ogoge, and it means we have now an approach to God by faith and to this grace that we have uh, that has caused us to get born again. Uh, we have love. That's agape, the God kind of love, the selfish kind of love, the God kind of love we have now in our heart. And we're saved from wrath. That's the Greek word orge. And orge means anger that brings punishment. We are saved from the wrath, the anger, and the punishment of Almighty God. And we have reconciliation. That's the Greek word katalasso. And it means we are restored to God's favor. And all of this is through the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Now, all of this would be impossible. Think, for instance, joy. It comes from the Greek word kao, kaoma, e, and it means to glory in him, in God. Hallelujah. And atonement by which we have received the atonement. It's the Greek word katalage, and it means an exchange. We were condemned, but now that has been changed now to a restoration of the favor of God. And all of this would be impossible without the grace of God, without his mercy and his steadfast love wherewith he loved us. Amen. Even, now notice what, what uh, Paul writes in Ephesians. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. That means the great love that God, wherewith God loved us was existing, amen, even before we received Christ as Savior and as Lord. Amen. Praise God. So, the, and there's much more effects, and we're, we're going to look through uh, these uh, chapters in Romans, and we're going to see that there's much more. I, I tell you, I love the fifth chapter of Romans because it's the chapter of much more, much more. God has much more in store for us as children of God. Amen. All right. Now, in Romans chapter six, uh, verses 11 through 18, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin, because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of of righteousness. Praise God. So what is the next effect that we're going to study today? Well, it's the sanctification of the Spirit. And this is a great work of the Holy Spirit that begins to take place the very moment we receive Christ as Savior. Now, the word sanctification, it comes from the Greek word hagiosmos, and it comes from hagiodzo, 
And it means to separate that which is profane in order to be dedicated to God. You are translated. Praise God. Amen. Now, this word, sanctification, is used five times, and it's only used in the, in the New Testament. It's only used in New Testament writings by our church fathers. And it means, actually, it means purification. And it affects the heart and the life. Amen. Praise God. Second Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Notice that old things are passed away. Talking about that old deathly nature of sin. And all things are become new. Talking about our new life in righteousness. Praise God. And so we understand through the scriptures that there's three stages, or we could say three phases of the sanctification of the spirit. There is the initial work of separation from the profane world. And Paul describes that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Notice that, hath. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now that's a very important passage of scripture. Who hath delivered us. And he has translated us. So we're not in the kingdom of darkness any longer. We have, and notice how Paul writes this, we have been delivered from the power of darkness. Amen. Satan doesn't have power over us anymore. And of course, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things are passed away. And all things are become new. And so this speaks of our separation from the powers of darkness and of our inclusion in the new birth. So this is the initial work of sanctification that takes place in our heart through the preaching of the gospel and through re receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But there is a second work, and this is the work of transformation of the believer into Christ's likeness. Now, this work is immediately subsequent to salvation, and it is a continual process of transformation. Notice back in Romans chapter 6, I speak after the manner of man because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants unto righteousness. So now we have that power. We can say no to the flesh and we can say yes to the spirit. We can say no to sin we can say yes to righteousness. Amen. Praise God. We have been given that authority through Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So in obedience to the will of God, we seek a closer walk with God. We desire that. Whereas before we didn't. We ran from God. Now we're running to him. Amen. We want to get closer to him. And as we do that through the work of the Holy Spirit, all these character flaws that identify our carnal nature as babes in Christ, uh, they begin to fall away. Amen. They begin to be put to death. And Paul said it this way. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And going back now to Colossians chapter 3, notice what Paul writes. He says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. 
Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So this passage speaks of the, these first two processes of sanctification. To be risen with Christ speaks to us of the new birth. But now setting our mind on things above speaks of the second process of sanctification, the transformation of the new believer into Christ's likeness. Or we could say the growing to spiritual maturity. Now we know this also. How quickly or how delayed this process is depends upon our willingness. And it depends upon our obedience to the Holy Spirit. But the reality is that the nature of sin has been put to death. It's been paralyzed. It's been deprived of power. Now, the only power that the sin has over us is the power that we yield to it. And so we don't yield to the flesh. We yield to the spirit. But now notice verse three. Notice what Paul says here. He says, for you are dead. It's the Greek word crypto. And it means just exactly what it's translated. It means dead. We are dead to the things of the flesh. But now A.T. Robertson, he defines this word crypto as to hide, to remain sealed or locked. See, the nature of sin is locked out of our spirit. And no devil in hell has got the combination. They can't get into your spirit. Your spirit's locked out. Amen, praise God. And that's what destroyed means. It means sin has been locked out. It cannot operate against you. It cannot force you to do that which you're not willing to do. And so now the third phase of sanctification is the ultimate phase. And that's when the believer enters into perfect love. That he is completely delivered from the power of sin. All the character flaws now have fallen off. Amen. That uh, the Holy Spirit now has full control and authority over that person's life to govern him according to love. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing that we all should strive for. First Thessalonians 523 says this, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And as long as we're willing and as long as we're obedient to follow the word of God and to follow the spirit of God, we'll come to this state of perfect love. Now, many of us are not going to get there until after the judgment, but many of us can be. Praise God. Amen. So that destroys this idea that we're all sinners just saved by grace and we have to sin every day. That may be true in the very beginning, but the more we pursue the things of God, the more we allow the Holy Spirit, amen, to separate us from the things of this world and to join us with the things of God, uh, the more these character flaws are going to fall off of us. Now, once again, in First Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts 
unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. Think about that. Think about how wonderful this experience is. Amen. That uh, we have been released from sin. Sin doesn't have dominion over us any longer. Amen. And we begin to abound then in the love of God, the love towards one another and toward all men, even men that are without. Hallelujah. And it's to this end that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of sanctification, is establishing our hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even before our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. Praise God. What a wonderful truth that is. Amen. So the first phase of sanctification, it is the initial phase where we're separated out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We're separated and dedicated to God. The second phase of sanctification is that we're every day, we're being separated, amen, from the things of this world. Those things that we brought over from the netherworld when we were initially saved, all those are coming to light. Amen. They're being dragged out of the darkness into the light, praise God. And they're being put to death. It's like this. Uh, you grab a flashlight and you go up into the attic and it's, there's no light in the attic. It's completely dark. And so you have a flashlight, you shine the flashlight around and you don't say, oh, look at all this filth that the light brought. No, no, that's not. The light didn't bring that filth. The light just exposed the filth. They exposed the dirt. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. When we, through the word of God and through prayer, through the spirit of God, he begins to bring up the things that are not pleasing to the Lord at the time. Amen. That we need to put them to death. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. He doesn't convict us. He convinces us that these things must be put away if we're going to draw closer to him. And that's a work for every believer. We need to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit in a continual manner and allow him to do this work on the inside of us. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, over in Romans chapter seven, uh, we'll read the first seven verses. Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, verse four, <clears throat> wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. And so Paul's main point here when he's describing the difference between law and grace is that the problem with men, even you and I as believers, is the weakness of the flesh. 
and the flesh's willingness to yield to sin. But the nature of sin has been destroyed in us. Amen, praise God. So we don't have to obey the passions of the flesh. We can resist them. And we can tell this old dog to go lie down somewhere. Paul said this way back in chapter 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Notice that. We should not serve sin. In other words, you are not, you and I are not to serve sin. That's actually what, what Paul is saying here. You are not to serve sin. You and I are not to serve sin. What are we to serve? Well, we are to serve righteousness. And so once again, the word destroyed is the Greek word katageo, and it means to render idle or to useless. It means entirely useless. Amen. An inability to have power and dominion over us anymore. So the law highlighted the problem with man as a sinner. Then it also provided the remedy for sin. And that is the person of Jesus Christ. And Paul is proving here in these chapters that justification is being reckoned, you and I, through faith in Christ, being reckoned to be made righteousness and to be found in right standing with God. Hallelujah. That we can approach him. Praise the Lord. And we will not be denied. Amen. All of this comes from inside of us. But now sanctification works inside of us to affect the outside of us. Amen. Praise God. We couldn't do this ourselves. It took an outside source coming into us to be able to do this. And that's the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit as the witness that we are truly born again children of God. Hallelujah. Now, verses five and six say this. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And so the thing is that the law, it defines what sin is to us. And that sin at one time was hidden inside of us. But it was the law that exposed it. Now, the law is holy, it's just, and it's good. But we, as flesh-ruled sinners at one time, we recognized that sin had dominion over us because we couldn't break it. We said to ourselves, I'm not going to tell a lie. And then five minutes later, we told a whopper. We said at one time, we're not going to take God's name in vain. But before the day was out, we had done that several times. See, we know what to do. We just couldn't do it. And why was that? Because we were under sin. We found ourselves hopeless. We found ourselves not able to save ourselves. We found ourselves not able to be declared righteous before God. And so it took the cross of Christ. It took him paying our sin debt, the penalty for our sins, and brought us to new birth and brought us to the power of the Holy Spirit who began working in us and destroying all the chains, all those remnants 
of sin that were in our physical body, picking them off and putting them to death one by one. Amen. Totally destroyed sin's dominion over us. And so now we're free. Like the Lord told me one day, I have healed you of these things and now you're free. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we are free. And so verse seven says this. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, the law is not sinful, but it was the law that showed me my sin. Identified the issue. Hallelujah. And the only, only solution was Jesus Christ. Praise God. And now Romans chapter eight, beginning in verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And in verse five, for they that are un they for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. For if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So we see here that we now are under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And of course, this uh, the Greek word for law is nomos, and it means an established rule of action. So now we have a new established rule of action, and that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And so it is the established rule now for the new believer in Christ Jesus. Amen. And we have been reconciled to God and we have imputed to us righteousness. Praise God. And then Paul in verses 16 and 17 says this, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, do we see what God has done in our life? Praise God. Amen. 
He's made us heirs with him and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Christ the head is sitting at the right hand of the Father, but Christ the body is on the earth. That's you and me. That's the blood-bought church. Praise God. See, it's upon this basis, that's where our authority comes from. Our position in Christ Jesus as heirs of God and joint heirs with him is the reason why we know that all things work together for them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And we also know that if God be for us, who can be against us? Because we know that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And this is the process. This is the operation of God that the Father, through the gospel, the power of the gospel, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, convicting us concerning Christ being crucified for us and convincing us of our need to receive the favor. This entire process of saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit is all of God. Hallelujah. But He needs our willingness and He needs our obedience to proceed into these great things. Amen. Praise God. And if you're not saved today, none of this applies to you. Receive Christ. Repent of sin. Ask Christ to come into your heart and life. And then this entire process begins in your life anew. Father, we bless you. We thank you today for your goodness and for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.